Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. What up, High Fivers? This is your boy, High Five Tom. And uh, per the usual, I'm not alone. I've got uh, You're Too Slow, Mr. Will on the other side of the country. Will, how are you this evening? Not going to lie, Tom, feeling pretty slow. Well, uh, I mean, uh, the, the, the snowstorm weather yesterday, combined with it being still like 80-something degrees in my third-floor apartment, I mean, yesterday, <laughs> I just wanted to sleep all day yesterday, and then just my schedule has really thrown me off, so I took off Friday, Saturday, Sunday, take my brother to the Power Wolf concert, and then I worked Monday, and then I was off again on Tuesday. And then I had the 6 a.m. shift today. So I just feel like Stack of dicks. I don't even know. But the concert was a hell of a time. I mean, obviously, I've been listening to this band for a long time, so I have a few minor gripes about the set list. But, you know, when you've got almost 20 years of material, you can't make everybody happy. Yeah. Do You, you have to work tomorrow morning, do you? Nope. I got uh, nights the rest of the week. Okay, good. Well, high fivers. Um, we are not alone. Um, we've got a very, very special guest. Uh, one of the founding godfathers of the podcast platform you are currently listening to this on. We are not worthy. We are not worthy. I've got my very good friend, Mister Diesel. Diesel, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good. We are not alone. Uh, we have a space theme going on, but no one can see that because uh, this isn't a video podcast and. Wow. Well, uh, get up off your knees. You're worthy. You're worthy. <laughs> well played. Well played. Well, Diesel, we're glad to have you. Uh, you know, like we usually do, kind of review our week. Uh, but Will, you mentioned that we went to Power Wolf this weekend. How was it? It was a ton of fun. There was over two thousand people there, and my voice was shot three songs in. So, and I spent. Tons of money at the merch booth, so you know what? What more could I ask for? What kind of? How much? Uh, how much are they get you for merch nowadays? It's fucking it's forty. Crazy. It's forty dollars for a t-shirt. The thing that got me though is I had all this cash out. Get up to the table. Merch is cashless. Yeah. So I had to I had to charge it to my card. Walking around with the fat stack of cash in my wallet, I plan on spending. That's a twenty twenty three. I actually spent more money because I had to charge it because I'm like, oh, if I'm not bound by the cash on me that I actually have. That shit doesn't happen by accident, Will. Um, no, so. Was this a Ticketmaster venue? Um, you what? can get tickets to the shows through Ticketmaster, but it's not the default uh, site used by the Palladium. Okay. They they use that a lot of their stuff is like Eventbrite. Okay. Well, they're probably not a live Live Nation venue, so that's good. So, um, well, Diesel, I would ask you how your weekend was, but I I know at least part of it. But uh, I heard you went on an adventure this past weekend. Oh yeah, I went on an adventure with uh my good buddy. Uh, I think his name is uh, High Five Tom. Uh. We went on a trip to Minnesota and saw some wrestling. So we 
we spent a good chunk of the weekend in the car together and had a lot of talks like going up and down the road just like uh two old wrestlers would yeah yeah it was a good time and uh i i do apologize high fivers and everybody um i didn't get a drop from the great uh big old possum uh but hopefully that's a future guest on one one of these platforms here but yeah, we had a blast. It was a family-friendly show at a high school. Um, would you say maybe 250, 300 people there, maybe, Diesel, I think, maybe? Not that, but it sounded like 2,000. It was it was loud. Yeah, it was it was a good time. So we went and saw um, co-host of The Shining Wizards, Mr. Uh, Kevin Rogue, uh, the promotion he works for at AWF. But, yeah, it was a blast. Um, yeah, we got to see Eric Redbeard in action. You know, That's very cool. Awesome. Uh, that was very cool to see him. Yeah, we saw two titles. So we got to see a safe cashed in. Yeah, a safe. So, not a suitcase. Like, like a whole not ass safe? safe. Like a whole ass safe. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a good time, and uh, once again, you know, thanks to our good friend Mr. Kevin Rogue for uh for putting up us at our house and. You know, Phoenix beer for the rest of the evening. So, although we did not watch Royal Rumble '92, but um, you know, by the time we Next got time. Around, it was like four thirty. I'm like, yeah, I got six hours to drive tomorrow. So, yeah, it was a great time though. I had, I had a blast. So, and yeah, these and I we haven't done something like that in a while. So, probably since since the pandemic. So, it was a good time. And I would do it again. Yeah. So yeah, next time they can bring the wives, but. Um, I'm going to segue here real quick to our question of dishonor from our good friend, Mr. Brunden. Um, but basically, our question this week is, where do you think Mark Briscoe fits in uh, in the in question in the new Ring of Honor? Also, what would you do with the tag titles? Um, I personally think Mark Briscoe fits in wherever the fuck he wants to. I agree. I think that, uh, like, I don't think it would be wrong to have him at the top of the card at some times or have him fighting for the TV title other times or even pairing him with the new tag team partner. Like, Mark Briscoe is a chameleon. You can put him anywhere and he fits in. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, Will or Diesel, do you think there's any chance in hell that he someday holds that uh, that world title? Um, I don't know. I mean, I would love to see it, but I don't know. I I don't think he needs it. To be honest with you, I I don't see it. I don't know if at this point in his career he necessarily would want it either. Yeah, I would agree with that too. Now, a EW World Title or Ring of Honor World Title or either or. I'd say either or. I think. Mark at this point, you no, know, it's because he's he's at the age, right? Like you know, he's not really looking like he doesn't need to look to get over. He's just over anyway. But you know, like, he's not really looking to like propel himself forward. He's just wrestling because he likes to wrestle. Yeah. So I I see him kind of being used to like help help build up people, help get some reps in for people like. I haven't watched any AEW in a while, but like I heard, you know, I'm sure him and Josh Woods put on a good match. 
Mark Briscoe against Samoa Joe will be a good match. Yeah, that's what and, and uh, he he's gonna be the thing that helps bring fans like me around to Tony Khan's ring of honor. Yeah, I'm not too hopeful. Um a real quick kind of sidebar. So obviously um all the high fivers know how Will and I feel about Tony Khan's Ring of Honor, but uh Diesel, what are your thoughts? Do you think it's I don't know. I'm 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 not very optimistic, I'll be honest with you. When I saw the lineup for the card for the recent TV tapings, I was like, uh, um, thoughts? I want to try to stay positive. I, as we were reminded by Tony Danucci this weekend, Tony Khan is a big mark. And although Tony Danucci isn't a fan of that, doesn't necessarily, in my opinion, mean it's a bad thing. Like some, there's some things that Tony Khan has booked that has been beneficial because he's a mark, and there's some things that went the other way because he's a mark. I, I wanna, I, I wanna hope that he loves Ring of Honor that much that he tries to keep it Ring of Honor esque in his own like spin of it, but. Uh, I'm just going to try to stay positive and I'm just going to wait to actually watch the product before I make a final judgment because I don't want to go in there thinking like this is going to be bad and let that sway my opinion because I want it to be good. I want all wrestling to be good. Yeah. Is that new? The the matches announced for it look great. My concern is just that there's so many. Yeah. And it's like we're supposed to be getting a weekly televised program. So I'm like, oh, they're going to do these tapings because they announced like the, the two days or whatever that they're going to do the tapings at. So like, oh, they're going to tape, they'll build up, they'll put some like episodes together. But then uh, Shining Wizard Matt pointed out that they're probably just going to cram a bunch of shit in to get them to Supercard. The Supercard's in a couple weeks. Yeah, that's fucking coming up, so... Um... Like, I don't want to just sit there and watch. Like, the way they put it is, like, if it's, like, an AW Dark where they're just going to put out, like, 15, 16, three-minute matches. Like, that's not going to – because I I hated Death Before Dishonor. Mm-hmm. I, I was there in person. I, I really was not happy with it. But when I saw the announcement for the new TV starting up, I got this feeling of, like, you know what? If we have an idea of, like, when TV's going to start, Maybe this is the shift, but if the shift is just going to be here's 15 matches, that's not going to do it for me. Yeah, I did see that ZSG is on the card, so that helps. So he is, he's defending the uh, the TV title. Oh, nice. Okay, so I do like that. That 15 minute, I know this is a Ring of Honor podcast, but I do like that uh, New Japan uh, 15 minute time limit. Uh, for that TV title, so um, yeah, back to back to the Mark Briscoe question. Uh, you know, I, I'd like to see him as a world champion. Um, maybe a run at one of the TV titles would be fun. I like Brundon actually put out, listen, you know, uh, Brundon's answers. I would put Mark in the TV title picture. Uh, obviously, he's got history with Joe, so they could play that off. And uh, you know, and uh, for the tag titles, I do a four team uh, tournament for newly designed tag belts. So, um, 
Yeah, I mean a, a TV run, but I just I, I just want to see Mark Briscoe on TV. Um, and for people like us that appreciate Mark Briscoe, him to finally get that fucking chance because the guys, I mean, we say it every week, and, and it's a shoot. I mean, I told him he's a national fucking treasure. You know, his promos are great. He's super. I mean, he kind of was out, kind of out, um, outshined by by Jay a little bit. But the guy's a fucking athlete. That's the bottom line. You know, it's a six county I, chicken. Yeah, redneck kung fu. Um, Mark Briscoe for on screen commissioner. Yeah, ah, that'd be fun. You know, I think they. Uh, I you know, I don't want to say it. strip sounds so harsh, but. I think he relinquishes the tag belts, and then I just like to see him go on a nice little singles run. Um, you know, Will, since we've been watching, we haven't seen Mark or uh, much singles action from the Briscoes. I know that's about to change. I don't, you know, obviously we had the benefit of horse of foresight, but uh, it'd be good to see him on, on a singles run. You know, in AEW, and um, and honestly, I think I'd rather see him more on AEW than Ring of Honor, just to have him do something different. So, well, I feel like we're going to see him on AWR just because he's going to be the th- one of the things helping to pull eyes to Ring of Honor. Yeah, yeah, he might like uh, like Wilson. He might pull back. Uh, you know the smart McSmart pants that have kind of walked away, like myself, um, from AEW. So, um, you know, we'll just relinquish the belts, but uh, then maybe later he makes another run. You know, our uh, our good friend, Mr. Eric Freeds, had recommended because I know, um, I think Dax from FTR is the one that wants a break. You know, it'd be cool yeah. to see him, maybe him and Cash go on, on a run together. Um, you know, it'd be cool to have PCO, but um, I don't know. Like I said, I mean, I know Jay Lethal, I think, is a heel right now. The possibilities are endless with Mark, really. I think uh, I know he just faced him, but um, I think it'd be fun if you put Mark Briscoe and Josh Woods together because Josh Woods is just a goddamn goofball, but obviously the guy can fucking go. So, you guys have any good thoughts on tag team partners as rattled off like eight of them? Um, I mean, I don't really, no. at this point, I don't know if I really want to see Mark as a tag team wrestler again. Yeah. I mean, not right away for sure. I mean, like, I don't know. I'm still getting over the fact that I'm never going to get to see another Briscoe's match ever again, at least a new one, you know. So it's, I don't think I want to see him in that atmosphere like right now or anytime in the near future as a tag team, at least. Wrestling, yes. Yeah, I wonder if they could bring him back uh, Papa Briscoe on screen character. That'd be kind of fun. You know, speaking of a, a funny uh, on-screen commissioner, Papa Briscoe would be perfect. I mean, whipping all these whippersnappers into shape and everything, so. Because uh, I don't remember, they don't have any more siblings. It was just the two of them, right? I don't know for sure. I don't either. I don't know. And I know Mark's got like 14 kids, so that he knows about. Yeah, that's true. So um <laughs> I love Mark Briscoe. I'm happy for him. I'm glad he's on national TV. You know, I've expressed how I'm still a little bitter. This is what it took, but 
hey, I mean, better late than nothing. Um, but yeah, Brundon, as always, uh, make sure to follow Brundon on the Twitter machine at the Irish Misfit. Uh, he is pretty much the the third uh, triumvirate of the Ring of Honor revelry here. But gentlemen, it is the main event of the week, and uh, we have some Ring of Honor TV to go over. You know, and uh, listen, I was, you know, obviously Will and I are a lot more familiar with the product, but uh, we brought Diesel in here uh, to kind of get some fresh eyes on the product. Uh, but this is episode 76 of Ring of Honor TV. 76. I know I say that every week, but uh, and it's obviously episode oh, it's 62 of Ring of Honor Reverie, but the original air date was March 2nd, 2013. Um, do you guys remember what you guys were doing in March of 2013? No. That was 10 years ago. I've killed way too many brain cells in the last decade to remember what I was doing on that that month particularly. <laughs> and uh and Diesel, so you were um I know obviously you're very familiar with Ring of Honor, but you weren't for, I mean you're kind of familiar from 2013 basically. Well, I mean, I've gone back and seen bits and pieces and stuff like that. I was still in my wrestling rum springa in March of 2013. I didn't get back into wrestling until about a year later. WrestleMania 30 is when, like, I started watching, like, every week. And 2016 is when I got into Ring of Honor eventually. But uh, I've gone back and, like, seen bits and pieces, pay-per-views here and there and stuff like that. And I know all the wrestlers that were on this episode in particular as well from seeing them in WWE or watching some of their old stuff or just what have you. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, start the episode off here. Uh, just a real quick recap um, from Matt Hardy and BJ Whitmer. Um, from Denier Defy 2, which did take place in Milwaukee at Turner Ball. And, uh, you know, make a long story short, Adam Cole's pissed. You know, we've been talking about um, it's good to see this fiery Adam Cole, uh, you know, kind of diesel before this. I mean, Adam Cole is kind of starting to make a name for himself, but he's he's kind of the aw shucks Adam Cole. And it's not good. Not good. No. I, uh, I mean, I've seen... For me and for Adam Cole, I've seen his stuff with Kyle O'Reilly when they were Future Shock. But I never really saw much of a single run after that. I didn't see his stuff until he's, after uh, he was like world champion for the first time. Yeah, he, he's generic babyface Adam Cole. You know. That doesn't sound good. No, it, it's not. And, uh, Will, I mean, do you think that's by design or do you think that's who he is as a babyface? I don't think we've ever talked about that. I think it's just an experience not knowing like what your character is yet. Yeah. You now they're they're all in that crew. Like they all are they're a bunch of incredible athletes. But there's like a solid chunk of that roster that really doesn't have like a gimmick. They don't have a character. It's just I'm a wrestler. Yeah, I mean the promos are, are lacking pretty heavy. Uh, with the exception, obviously, Steve Carino is just amazing. But Kevin Steen, uh, Jay Lethal, no offense, Will. I know he's your mortal enemy. Um, you know, oh, that's right. I forgot to bring that up. So, Will and Diesel, you guys don't fight because, yeah, Diesel's a big Jay Lethal fan and Will hates Jay Lethal. So, 
You have against Jay Lethal. He just doesn't really do anything for me. He's actually the wrestler that brought me into Ring of Honor. So weird. <laughs> I don't I don't find his stuff particularly exciting for the most part. And it just feels kind of bluff to me for the majority of the stuff I've seen from him. So see, and that's that's what's cool about wrestling. Like uh, there's wrestlers out there for everybody, and there's wrestlers that some people just don't care for. Everybody's different. That's what's great about wrestling. Uh, my question is, how do you feel about Bret Hart? I know this is Ring of Honor, but... I really don't have a strong opinion because I do not go back and watch old stuff, and Bret Hart was long right. retired by the time I started watching wrestling. The only reason I ask is because how you describe Jay Lethal is 100% how I feel about Bret Hart. So I was just, I was just curious. No offense, Tom. I know how you feel. It's just, it's not for me. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, um, I think I'm, Bret Hart's got a banger theme song. That's that's the extent of my yeah. Bret Hart input. Yeah, I can't, I can't argue with that. Um, but you know, unlike most people in the IWC, we're actually adults, so we're not going to argue over wrestling opinions. Okay, Tom, I quit. Not effective if you're not on camera. So it really isn't. It's like it's like slam. You really can't. You don't have the dramatic effect of like slamming a phone to hang it up anymore. You just gotta like kind of tap the screen, hope it goes through. Right. <laughs> um, but uh, no, like it, like it's largely just like a, a like a character thing for me, like. Jay Lee then Matt Taven was the same way. Like I watched I dabbled roughly around this time we see Matt Taven. And then I find out years later that Matt Taven's like the biggest star in Ring of Honor. I'm like, whoa, whoa, not not the Matt Taven I saw with Truth Martini. You can't be you can't be serious, but you know, we've got to get there. My opinion might change when I as I see more Jay Lethal stuff, because he's technically sound. The matches are good. It's just not, just doesn't light me up. He's a, he's a little generic at this time in some ways. Um, you know, like Will says, I mean, super great in the ring, but, you know, his promos go a little bit too long. Um, but, you know, we're, we're definitely going to have time with Jay Lethal, so without spoiling too much of the future. So that's always tough with these, these review shows, but. Uh, Loved him as Black Machismo. <laughs> it's tough not to. Um, dude's fucking funny. So, um, but I mentioned earlier, and uh, listen, obviously, you don't watch every week, but they do these really long TV tapings, and uh, most of 2012 was in Baltimore. And man, these fucking crowds are—I mean, they're into it. And this is probably the last of like what a six-seven week TV taping. So they must have been there all fucking day. This is almost MLW long. That or they recorded two different days, maybe. But it's. It's tough to say because it's like it seems like everybody's in the same spots, but you know they to stay that revved up that long. Kudos. I've yeah, been to impact tapings. That's definitely not the vibe in the room. No. Um, I hope to get to impact this summer, but I mean, yeah, because Diesel, you were was that six hours when you guys were at MLW a couple years ago. I was about that, and that was five episodes. I think they taped. Jesus. Yeah, that's when Sammy Callahan spit the water at Jim Cornette, right? Yeah. Yep. I knew I liked that Sammy Callahan for a reason, so 
Um, but we do find out, though, uh, that the main event for this week is uh, the previously mentioned Briscoes uh, versus Wrestling's Greatest Tag Team. And uh, where basically Charlie Haas in Milwaukee had bet the team. So if uh, if they don't win, they're done as a team. So the drama here, gentlemen. But we will obviously address it a little bit later. But our first match, the Flatliners of Burns and Asylum uh, versus Scum, uh, Steve Carino, and one of Diesel's favorites, Rhino. Uh, and their motto is Honor Dies. Um, I tried doing a little bit of research on the Flatliners. I couldn't find much. You guys find anything by any chance? Nothing. I didn't like go and search for anything, but I mean, they did have a little bit of information on commentary if like you were listening to that. But uh, this was like the only part of the show I didn't know who they were. Yeah. They were from. Uh, I, I, I had to watch this a second time because. Oh, what? The, no, not because not because of the reason you might think. It's just <laughs> the usual reason I have to rewatch something. The long ass fucking BJ Whitmer, Matt Hardy video package at the start of the show. I fell asleep. I woke up at the, I woke up when we got to the ad afterwards. Yeah, that was just obnoxious. Like so, so I had to go back. You know, and I understand. I mean, they're pumping Matt Hardy. Let's let's face facts. They're trying to get the name value. Yeah, you're right. Dude. That that package was just it was long. It felt so long. And I know it's probably not any longer than it normally is. It's just it felt so long. I'm just sick of seeing it. Yeah, we're we're not this version of Matt Hardy. Um, Diesel, is this a little fresher to you? What did you think of that beginning package? Was it obnoxious or were you like you really felt like okay, I kind of figure out what's going on here? I mean, it was obnoxious, but I'm also not a fan of BJ Wimmer. Like, I have heat with that guy. Not, like, personally, but just as, like, I don't know. I'm just not a big fan of the dude. Um, I it's And it's not really his wrestling. It was more back when he was on commentary. I just couldn't stand his commentary. Ooh, so <laughs> that's why I was kind of annoyed by it. And Matt Hardy is a good heel, but I do think that, like, the icon Matt Hardy or whatever he is at this point was kind of just not great. So... Yeah, he just seems like he's bitter that he's not in WWF in like not in a good way. Um, you know, but obviously, obviously, he's the biggest name on the show, you know, in 2013. But um, yeah, so um, Flatliners—they are from Canada, you know. Like they did mention that on, on commentary, they were former ECWA champions. Um, decent one experience. Uh. But dude, that that German that that Lumblor German suplex combo that they hit cool. was fucking awesome. I, I like this team. Really? Yeah. I thought they did all right. Yeah. Yeah, I guess they were in Ring of Honor back in 2010, I guess. I mean there was there was no chance that they were gonna beat Scum. No, I mean yeah, I mean, besides Matt Hardy, obviously Rhino is another huge name. Um, but yeah, I was kind of surprised. A huge name. Yeah, I mean, he adds name recognition, but like, I don't know if he's a huge name. Yeah. Right, right at that point, he may not have the the driving force behind it. Um, 
But I mean, Diesel, I know that Rhino is your close and personal friend. You know, I met him one time. Yeah. Did you have a beer with him, or did you guys just meet him at the meet and greet? Just met him at the meet and greet. For Brew City Wrestling. But that's all I'm going to say about that. Everyone that knows my feelings knows my feelings. So let's go up there. Hey, I got to see the gore in person. It was actually pretty sweet. Who did gore? Do you remember? Yeah, it was Sean Priest. Oh. I could see Sean Priest taking a good gore. Yeah, it was a good gore. I'm uh, sure I did too when he was on it, when he was in the, uh, when he was on SmackDown when he came in like the mid 2000s before he was relegated to Velocity. Uh, but I mean, at the end of the day, though, man, I mean, yeah, Rhino's been, especially since he's been back, he's hit some gores. And this is definitely another one. Yeah. Uh, you know, they go for a top rope maneuver, but, uh, you know, they, uh, Rhino kind of trips up the one guy. And then uh, Carino whips uh, the one guy into Rhino for the gore. That's the first time I've seen that. Um, yeah, that dude got fucking gored out of his goddamn shoes. Um, yeah, I mean, a, a decent opening match. I mean, it was a glorified squash match. But, I mean, definitely these flatliner guys um, got some got some offense and some really good offense. You know, like Will said. But, uh, overall, what do you guys think of the match? I thought it was... Uh... A good opener. I mean, it was predictable, but that's not always bad. And it's, it was a good way to showcase uh, scum. I I liked it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was it was a way to get to to keep scum on TV. Yeah, and and they don't. Um, Ring of Honor doesn't really abuse the squash matches very often. And uh, let's say, yeah, this was by no means a squash match at all. But obviously, it's the name versus you know a couple of guys that haven't been there before, but. You know, anytime Steve Carino's on my team, unfortunately didn't get on commentary, uh, but Steve Carino's the fucking man. So um, a little background on Diesel 248. So basically, uh, Rhino just joined Carino, Jacobs, and Steen scum at Final Battle a couple months earlier. So he's the paid mercenary. But um, but Will, like you, you asked me on the text message, so I guess the anniversary show has already aired. It is because they're talking about going back and watching the anniversary show, which is why I asked you if we were supposed to watch no the anniversary show for this week too. Yeah, so that'll that'll fuck up our article. But uh, yeah, then we get a uh, well. Speaking of Matt Hardy, Nigel and Matt Hardy in the ring, you know, and Nigel says, uh, you know, basically Matt Hardy is acting like a child. You know, Hardy stole the belt in self-defense because Adam Cole kept attacking him and he had to hit him with the belt in self-defense. And, I mean, it does make a good point. You know, why would I leave the belt in the ring for him to hit me with it? Um, You know, and then uh, Matt Hardy's like, well, you keep punishing me, but you haven't punished Adam Cole. Is he one of your favorites? You know, and then, uh, you know, he's like, oh, I just think you're jealous of all my success. And Nigel's like, well, you know, you know, Matt Hardy, you've done a lot. You've got a lot to be jealous for, you know, but uh, maybe he's jealous of him because I don't know if you know this, uh, but he had a pretty extensive career in Ring of Honor, um, you know, and a pretty long run in, uh, as the Ring of Honor champion. And, Will, do you by chance remember when he lost that title? When when Nigel said, or are you referring to our, yeah, Nigel. our, our watch along that we did yeah. last week? That's a shameless plug. Yeah. Shameless plug to go back and watch 
Well, I guess listen to find a link to watch Jerry Lynn, Nigel McGuinness. Yeah. And uh, yeah, before we did a watch along for that. So, um, <clears throat> you know, and then, and then, and then uh, Nigel gives Hardy's like, okay, I'll give you the match at the anniversary show against Adam Cole. Uh, Matt Hardy gives him the, the title back, thinking he's like, oh, I know you do the right thing. Nigel's like, I didn't say it was a title match. And uh, basically, his punishment is he's got to survive a four corner survival match. Um, do you guys remember who the four guys are or the other three people are in the match? Roddy, no. Elgin, and uh, David Richards. Yep. Wow. Um, that's a fuck of a match right there. Yeah, too bad Matt Hardy's in it. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, but uh, yeah, so the odds are definitely stuck. So if he wins that, he gets a title shot at the anniversary show. So I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, but next, this is our weekly segment where we question why the fuck Eddie Edwards is cutting commercials. Um, Diesel, More any- action. Yeah, Diesel, any thoughts on uh, Eddie Edwards' um, promo commercials here? No, I kind of tuned it out because it was a commercial. <laughs> and so, like, I mean, I'm like, cool, Eddie Edwards, Boston Knee Party and all. But I, I, I kind of, then I checked Facebook for like a minute. That That's a good call. Um, yeah, we're, we're not to Boston Knee Party, Edward, Eddie Edwards yet. This is just plucky upstart Eddie Edwards. I yeah. know, but I just, every time I uh, talk about Eddie Edwards, I just want, I always bring up how cool I think uh, the name the Boston Knee Party is. Oh, great, great man. Yeah, it's just, I, I don't get why they have him running, you know. I mean, we've talked about his, his in-ring ability, but promos are not it. But uh, our next match, gentlemen, Grizzly Redwood takes on uh, the future Kingdom member, Vinny Marsegla, with our boy, Mike Mondo, on commentary. Um. These, in case you're wondering, Will and I are humongous Mike Mondo fans here. Um, what are your thoughts on Mike Mondo? Do you remember him in a previous incarnation? Or do you remember him in Ring of Honor at all? I don't have much Mike Mondo knowledge. Um, he's somebody that I would have to do more research on, watch more of his stuff. But I did enjoy my commentary. I thought he was a good fit, and he... Uh, like was really into uh grizzly um and also i mean to like kind of not talk about mike mondo anymore i also thought it was nice to see a young Vinny marsiglia as well it was uh something i wasn't expecting in this episode yeah he's he's made a couple appearances but uh uh previous to this mike mondo was really known for being part of the spirit squad Uh, okay 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 that, that, that. Um, but I mean, obviously, he's really grown on us in Ring of Honor because, yeah, at least he's got great energy. Um, he's really good in the ring, and uh, yeah, he's really, really. Tr- I mean, Grizzly's bite out TJ Perkins' eye on that. He did try to bite out. Yeah, it was it was awesome. We even asked him about it on Twitter. He's like, "Well, he gave me his eye, so I tried taking his eye." <laughs> I mean, as one would. Hey, you know, life gives you lemons. But, uh, you know, and uh, Grizzly Redwood comes out and um, 
you forget sometimes because obviously you just kind of notice his height, but motherfucker shredded. Yeah. He's not fucking around, and I love the goddamn beard. His beard's almost as big as he is, but uh, you know, if they're getting ready to start the match, but our Ring of Honor World Champion Kevin Steen comes out. Um, I did kind of chuckle at this interaction. Uh, he does tell Vinny uh, to get out of the ring, and Vinny's like, no, who are you? And then uh, he's like, oh, kid, you got balls. And he's like, and he shakes his hand. <laughs> really? Have you not seen Kevin Steen before? And he eats a package pile, which was a vicious package pile driver. I don't know if you guys noticed that or not, but I was like, God damn. Because he yeah, got so, to the fuck up. So we've seen we've seen Vinny a couple times at, at this point during the show. And I feel like every time we've seen him so far, he's been getting squashed by somebody. Yeah. Cause... By Davey Richards, by Rhino. This wasn't officially a match, but I mean Kevin Steen made short work of uh Young Vinny, yeah, and uh, they did a great job of putting him over on commentary, which I mean, they always do. Um, yeah, so uh, you know, we'll see how long the Caleb the Caleb LaCroix the, the experiment helps, but uh, you know, it was fun and fun, it's funny because obviously, we've talked about this a million million times. You know, obviously, we're all huge Kevin Kelly fans, and uh, actually, real quick, at Diesel, that might be a good time to tell that story on air. Um, obviously, Will's interviewed Kevin Kelly. Um, I've met Kevin Kelly, got an autograph, but you had a pretty awesome interaction with him. If you like to, sh- I know, I know the high flyers are aware of the story, but maybe the high fivers are not quite aware of the story. But yeah, we will. Uh, Chad and I, be from the top rope. If you don't listen, uh, don't we went to was that? <laughs> thing, but that's not story itself. Uh, yeah, we went to uh, the first ever Starcast in the Chicago area. Um, we were on podcast row and everything, and uh, I think it was the first or second night we were there. We were just kind of hanging out in the lobby area because wrestlers and wrestling personalities were everywhere. And we saw Kevin Kelly, and he was kind of heading towards the door. So, uh, we stopped and chatted with him for like a half an hour. He was nice enough to like chat with us, and we talked about all kinds of wrestling and his thoughts on things. and like what's going on with wrestling at the time and um yeah i wish we would have recorded it we weren't smart enough to have we even had like digital recorders with us we weren't even smart enough to bring them out we were just so like thought it was so awesome that he would just spend this time with us and we we asked him if he could come have a drink with us but he had to catch a plane so he left but uh it was pretty cool uh Another fun fact about that experience was at the same time we were chatting with uh, Matthew from Botsermania on YouTube. So we got a picture with us and Kevin Kelly and Matthew. And I guarantee you it's the only picture in the world that has both those guys in it. That's awesome. <laughs> I forgot about that part of the story. So yeah, that's, I mean, Kevin Kelly's uh, is amazing. I know it's kind of a sidebar, uh, but this episode, ironically enough, um, most of the story was actually told in the ring. Sometimes it does get a little commentary heavy. Um, obviously, Kevin Kelly's really good at what he does. Um, we've got no heat with the other guy, Caleb Seltzer. But this episode, it didn't seem as obvious as usual. Will, obviously, you watch this a little bit you know, more than, than Diesel does. But did you kind of catch that, too? Or am I just kind of making that up? Will? Yes, sir. 
Oh, yeah. Did you think uh, there was a little bit less, uh, more storytelling in the ring this time than actually on commentary? Sorry, I had stepped away. Oh. Um, are we still talking about Grizzly, uh, Grizzly Redwood? Yeah, I just kind of, we just kind of intercepted the. I. It's I'm. I wonder what happened because I really feel like the crowd could have gone into Grizzly Redwood as like a like a long term build for something. Yeah, the crowd loves him. I like that they didn't just have Steen squash him. Like he didn't amount like a ton of offense, but he did get going a little bit. But uh, again, the hubris you get fired up. You, you kind of forget that you're only five foot whatever. Three. And you, you go to try to do a, a dive on the, the champ and he can just catch you with minimal effort. That was I, oh no, go ahead. Yeah, no, yeah, it was a real fun match. I mean, they definitely got some uh, some offense in, you know, and uh, obviously you know, Mondo was marking the fuck out. So that's good. So, um, Diesel, any thoughts on this match? I liked how it was set up. How, like, so I haven't watched anything previously to this episode, like anything in the recent past from this episode I haven't seen, so I don't really know anything besides what they're telling me in commentary and the all the whatever catches me up. So I wasn't expecting Kevin Steen at all. I don't know if this is a thing he's been doing coming out and just like basically I want to have this match with this guy get the fuck out of here kind of thing. I don't know. But uh, I liked how that was set up. I liked how the way you treated Vinny and told him he had respect for him, gave him a package power driver and said he should have left the ring. Um, and, yeah, I like that, like, Kevin Steen is a fighting champion, even though he wasn't putting the title on the line. I just I thought it was good booking. The match was fun, and I enjoyed So far, up to this point of the episode, I'm having fun watching it. That's good. Um, so... This kind of ties into uh, weeks leading up to this. Uh, the big thing has been Jay Lethal wanting a title shot against Kevin Steen. And Kevin Steen came out last week and said that he gave Lethal's title opportunity because he used to hate Ring of Honor, but it was because he hated Jim Cornette. But now that Jim Cornette's not here anymore, he loves Ring of Honor again. And he wants to do right by Ring of Honor. So it you have that one week now he's coming out and he's like, I'm going to give one of you guys like an opportunity basically. Vinny just drew the short straw by not doing what he said to do. So like that's when I watch this, I'm like, this is an interesting, like he's still being an asshole. He's still being Kevin Steen. But is this him trying to like olive branch a little bit? Like, like, no, I'm genuine. I want Ray of Honor to be better. Like I'm going to defend my title. For Grizzly Redwood. <laughs> and uh, did Diesel, were you familiar with Grizzly Redwood at all before this? Uh, no, he was another guy that I have never actually seen wrestle. So um, with that, so the commentary kind of put over, I mean, kind of help with the fact of like kind of let you know who this guy was and everything. So, I mean, we've seen yeah. him a couple of times, so. 
Well, like I said, Mike Mondo did a great job on commentary and like, like talking up Grizzly and like supporting him so much. Also, added to the match, in my opinion, because it made you like, yeah, you're kind of rooting for him at the same time, kind of thing. Yeah, you know, he's probably not going to win, but uh, you know, yeah. Yeah, Will mentioned he, he got some offense in, you know, um, but, you know, he does that dive to the outside, and then, uh, you know, Kevin Steen kind of absorbs it, but goddamn, that fall always slam into the barricade. Oof. Yeah, and then... Would, uh, would people know at home, the only thing worse than getting hit by the barricade is getting hit by the Book of Truth. That's true, and we'll see that soon. Um, And then that nasty-ass fucking apron bomb, and then... uh. Yeah, Kevin Steen throws Grizzly Redwood in the ring for the F Sank and uh the one, two, three. Um, but the 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 key here though is Kevin Steen actually helps Grizzly Redwood up and shakes his hand afterwards. Not a typical Kevin Steen move at this point. So Will, we got a quote of right. Grizzly Grizzly Adams saw that hand, he's like, no. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I, what happened to the last guy that got a handshake? So did you guys think he was going to pile drive him, or did you guys think he was going to help him up? I don't know. I, I honestly didn't know. Like I said, I haven't been watching anything. So it kind of felt like Kevin Steen was a face, even though I knew he was a heel. But he kind of felt like he was a face. I don't know if it was an, a shift in attitude or something like that. But... Uh, Part of me kind of felt like he was being genuine in that moment. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I was I wanted to give that context of like what what led up to this point because it's lethal saying this is just mind games, but you have Steen coming out and saying, like, I want Ring of Honor to be the best wrestling company out there. Because I love wrestling and I love Ring of Honor. I just hate Jim Cornette. Hates Cornette. So it's it's Fun to see this. I almost wish they had more time to build up to this match at the 11th anniversary show where they could kind of build on this more. Like, to the point where maybe we could have got the chance to see some, like, real, genuine, like, borderline babyface Kevin Steen happenings besides him saving Jay Lethal a couple weeks ago from the rest of Scum coming out and saying, I love you guys, I love this company, despite actually wanting to do a code of honor with Grizzly Redwood. Hmm. Like, they could have stretched this out and really, like, made that a big part of the store and then had him be, like, a huge asshole and just be like, ah, it was all for for show. What a, he, he, he snake-oiled us, you know, but it is what it is. Yeah. Um... All in all, yeah, like a, a fun match. Um, no squash by any means, you know, and they made free, Grizzly feel important. So we'll see where that story goes. But, Will, it's your favorite or your second favorite time of the week, uh, besides talking to me, but it's inside Ring of Honor. Um, but real quick, so that the girl that's, you know, that's in that first video right away, kind of doing the Ring of, wrestle, uh, Ring of Honor or wrestle, Ring of Honor Wrestling.com, was that one of True Swoople Hotties from Cincinnati? You think I wasn't paying enough attention, Tom? I'm sorry. The one with the mel the the wardrobe malfunction. Um, I'd I'd have to go back and watch it again. Yeah, next time you see it, let me know what you think. But uh, 
Uh, but yeah, inside Ring of Honor, you know, this is something they do every week, Diesel. But uh, they kind of reviewed the top prospect tournament, which ended in some controversy. Our our boy Matt Taven did win it in a pretty solid match versus Oxidarius Thomas. Uh, but Truth Martini did use the most deadly weapon in wrestling, the Book of Truth, to knock the living shit out of Tadarius. Um, kind of a little bit of history on that. Uh, Roddy Strong and Michael Elgin had a great match where they beat the living shit out of each other. Uh, but Elgin took a shot from that Book of Truth and it was over. Um, so kind of gave that some shit. Some this is, this is after he had a match in Steen at Glory by Honor where he took a package pile driver, kicked out, and then had to take uh, an avalanche style package pile driver to get knocked out. But one shot from this book. He's done. Done. Hey, it's a pretty thick book. Yeah. It, you know, um, I did have to the crack up when Caleb Seltzer says it's the Bible bulk. Uh, well, I said bull crap, but I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they kind of you know run back, you know, afterwards, truth gets in Taven's ear, and it looks like Matt Taven is in the house of truth. Um, and then we get a truth martini. I didn't even put any notes on this. Um he, just, it was, I don't know what Truth Martini's going for exactly with like the shtick he's got going right now. I mean, on the one hand, it's nice that he's not all about like hotties, take your pants off, smell my fingers. But the fact he's literally he has a set of metal balls and he's like, oh, you caught me with my balls. Ah. Um, Diesel, what did you think of that part of Truth Martini? That <laughs> Truth Martini promo? As someone that has um, not been seen this weekend, we go what was the last thing you said? Oh, for someone that hasn't been watching him do this weekend and week out. Um, I don't know. I've seen Truth Martini before, and so I know that he's already like a weird guy. And that's that's a nice way to put it. And yeah. I'm actually a fan of him. I think he's an interesting manager. I like I like his heel dynamic and everything like that. But uh this this promo like, didn't really make much sense to me. I don't know if I'm missing some context. I know all about how, uh, what happened, what they just, like, showed me with the top prospect tournament, which is something that I've missed from Ring of Honor. That's, that's one of my favorite things. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. This, this it seemed all, like, didn't make any sense to me what was actually, like, going on. So, I don't know. I, I don't really have any thoughts. Just yeah, weird. I mean, we're in the same boat up to probably it, about what. It's almost like they gave him like the the camera's like truth. Here's much time. How much time you got? Just you know, give us something. He's like, I got an idea, but there's nobody it like. Did to, feel like that. Nobody's there to like filter the idea or to be like, oh, that's that's what you want to do. All right, well, we don't have time to change it. So. Yeah, it's just you know. Since uh since he's been fired, I mean, yeah, Diesel, we're the same way. We love Truth for a while. I mean, he's definitely very unique. Um, you know, he's definitely a shit heel manager for sure. But it's just gotten over the top. I don't know. It's been weird, but uh, but we do get a retro- retrospective of the Briscoes versus Wrestling's Greatest Tag Team. Um, I'm a little disappointed they did not mention five thousand dollars. Um, they did but- not mention the five thousand dollars. I didn't realize this went all the way back to the ninth anniversary show. 
Yeah. Um, I didn't realize they were I WWF Tag Team Champ. Oh yeah. Wow. You didn't know that when they were uh, Team Angle. Yeah. I mean, you figure they bounce those titles back and forth with like another team, like two or three times each. Yeah, but I was like, huh. Um, yeah, because they had a pretty healthy run in WWF, huh? I really liked. I mean, hindsight, I really liked them at the time. I was a I was a stupid little kid, and I hated all the heels. I only like baby faces. But you know, it was the same. I'm. You know, looking back on it, it's like they were great. I mean, this, the the leapfrog, like axe handle, whatever you want to call it, finisher they do, like, was so different. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're paired up with Kurt Angle. You can't be a slouch. No. I mean, they, they've got all the accolades. I mean, they were all Americans. They're national champions and whole thing. So... Um, that's a shame, brother. So, but uh, then we could get uh, the Briscoes cut. Wait, wait, wait. I got a question. Yes. I want to explain the five thousand dollars that you were talking about. Will you want to take the reins on this one? So, ages ago, uh, there was a match where the two, the two teams there was the heel team and the face team, they all ponied up the money. And the idea was that the winning team would take the purse. The purse was five thousand dollars, but they would whenever they would bring it up, they always said it was five thousand dollars. And then the heels, the Briscoes, and the House of Truth got in each other's way. They got pissed off at each other, so they lost. And then that kind of carried over for a while. With like, they cost us five thousand dollars. Okay. Yeah, they definitely kind of beat that into the. Um, and I'll, I'll and here and there they brought it every now and, like there's been a couple of times where they kind of like bring it up and it's like they say it in that way it's like oh this was funny. Yeah, they think they're Oprah. So, um, yeah, because when we first started the show, it was like the Briscoes and Wrestling's Greatest Tag Team like every week for like six months. Um. So I'll definitely get into that into the match, but uh, a quick promo from the said Briscoe brothers, and they kind of do a retrospective. But uh, you know, this is just Mark and Jay being Mark and Jay, being the classics they are. Um, I forgot uh, what was that? Was that Super Card of Honor where they ethered them? Um, you know, they yes. had yeah, they ethered them to win the battle, and then uh, you know, Jay's like, or Mark's like, man, you ether me. I mean, no big deal. But no, it was a uh, Border Wars. Oh, border. Okay, so all I was up in Canada. This is Mark. Game. Mark. Mark came in late with all the hockey gear on. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, and Mark's like, "Man, I mean, I understand. You know, you ether me and all, but man, is it 1972 and I missed something or something like that?" Uh just a great promo. Um. Yeah, that was uh inside Ring of Honor. I love that it was like the. Here's what you missed from the last episode. Like. How shows like Shameless did it, like have had the characters do it, like in person, like, oh, I got to catch you up because you didn't watch last week. You know, go fuck yourself. Yeah, but then the rest was like, no, I bet you all wondering how we got here. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was inside the Ring of Honor. Uh, but real quick question: so 
does Ring of Honor got something with like putting female wrestlers as backstage commentaries? Um, obviously, we got Veda Scott, who I didn't even realize was a wrestler. Uh, but Quinn McKay, who was a former wrestler, went backstage and now she's wrestling again. Is this like a theme that Ring of Honor has? Ring of Honor at this point just really didn't have a spot designated for women. Yeah, I mean. Because you have the occasional Women of Honor match, but like. Yeah, because if they hadn't mentioned on commentary a couple weeks ago, I wouldn't have known Vita Scott was a wrestler, but I just thought that was weird because they did the same thing to Quinn McKay. Um, but obviously they had a Women of Honor, you know, division at that point, so. For okay. Vita, it was, uh, she was, a. she mentioned this when Vita was on the. Renee Pot the Renee uh, Renee Plaquette's podcast. Oh, really? That she wanted to try being a wrestler, and she like went to like the ROH dojo and stuff, and they offered a position like, "Hey, we want to have you as this like on screen like backstage interviewer. Like, are you good with that?" Because the wrestling part of it just wasn't really clicking at the time. Hmm. Okay. All right, but gentlemen, um, it's the main event, you know, and basically it's uh, either the wrestling's greatest tag team, uh, either they win the belts or they split up as a team, as we saw a couple times during this episode where Charlie Haas put his foot in his mouth, you know, and, uh, you know, Will, obviously we've talked about this, but yeah, Diesel, I mean, literally these two fought like three times a month for like six months, um, and two of our favorite teams, but it just got fucking obnoxious. Uh, and this this match really wasn't much different. Uh, but I know it's a little fresher to you, Diesel, so I'll kind of cut to you. What were uh, what were your thoughts on this match? So I haven't seen a single Briscoes versus uh, World's Greatest Tag Team match. So yeah, this was you. this was a new experience for me. So. Um, it was fun that it was also the blow off match too. So, like, I'm they've sure only had, everything. They've only had nine other of those. It's okay. It's no, I'm sure. Like everything they did was like callbacks, other matches, and everything like that. But everything was brand new to me, and I don't know. I like the fact that it was a bunch of close calls. Both of them had it won, and they would like pull the referee out or whatever it was it was a good match it was it felt like a main event bout yeah this definitely benefited from there being like actual stakes involved they're not just like there there was there was more of an urgency besides just not wanting to be the team that loses so did you guys going into this know who was gonna win Yes. Or what the outcome was gonna be? Yes, because there was an ep- was it TV? Yeah, was the episode of TV where they mentioned what he did to Shelton Benjamin. They were like, what did he do? That was at the Cincinnati show. Yeah. So basically, what happened is ring of, one one of our biggest gripes is their timing's not right because they do these big blocks of of recordings. Um, like in one time, like I said, um. You know, Matt Hardy's or Nigel said that Matt Hardy's going to get his take t- or his title shot in two weeks. But earlier in the episode, they were talking about the anniversary show like it already happened. Um, but they had our show in Cincinnati in February after these tapings, and they already referenced what was going to happen here. And that was like three weeks ago. 
So, but obviously, at, at one point, Truth Martini during his his bit full on says like I'm gonna spoil TV. So if you don't want to know what happens on TV, cover your ears. Um, but on commentary, they said you know we saw what Charlie Haas was willing to, like you know what he did to Shelton Benjamin. So we're like, what, what did he do? do? Like what happened? Yeah, we had, we hadn't seen it yet, so it was not good timing. And also, obviously, benefiting from hindsight, but. I mean, Shelton's going to WWE at this point. So, because I don't know. Um, maybe he showed up at WrestleMania that year. Um, I was going to look it up. But, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of I kind of knew what was going to happen. But, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I was kind of perplexed by the finish. Why... Did Charlie Haas hit the Olympic slam on Shelton Benjamin? Like, after them being so close and having the match won uh, at one point, but a close call with uh, Jay Briscoe breaking up the fall, it just, like, if this was his plan the whole time, then why did he even try or make it closer? That's that's another issue because they haven't – Shelton Benjamin hasn't been – on TV or really on anything for weeks now. So they haven't built up any expectation that something like this would happen. So it feels, part of it feels a little underwhelming because it was kind of already spoiled at the other show. Then if you're just watching content as it comes out, you would already know something happens. But it does feel like it comes like way out of left field here. The only thing I could figure is maybe, like, kayfabe, Charlie Haas was just, he knew that they weren't going to win this match, or he was just fed up enough to the point where it's just like, whatever, I'm done with this. And the easiest way out is to do that, and I don't know. But, I mean, I felt like it it was too flawed of a finish, that big of an angle that, the whole time he's trying to win this match, and if this was his plan, why was he even trying so hard? Just yeah, yeah, because they they it's it's not like they gave like any idea that like Haas and Benjamin had beef with each other. Like there was no like oh maybe this team's kind of falling apart to begin with. You know, there's no promos from Shelton being like you bet the team. Yeah, what no the hell are you that. doing? Yeah, it's just like these guys get along great. They were at each other's wedding. They're they're like brothers or whatever. It's like, oh, Charlie Haas. I mean, Mark's reaction, though, standing on the top rope like, dog, what are you doing? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I was wrong. He didn't actually go to WWE for another four years after this, so. Um Hmm. Was this legit their last tag match together? And Ring of Honor looks like. Hmm. Wait, what? Okay. Um, uh, I'm just kind of going over the notes here. So, um, yeah, Haas turned on him during a, a tag team match in February second, two thousand thirteen. Uh, and then Benjamin was scheduled to face Haas. Uh, April 5th at Supercard of Honor, but after Haas had parted with the promotion, um, he was replaced by Mike Bennett. Huh. So I think... Another storyline fucked up because they parted ways with somebody. 
Yeah. All right. So it looks like Charlie Haas just, uh, yeah, because he's been playing this whole asshole gimmick. He's been beating Cheeseburger up. Um, he actually gave Cheeseburger his, his nickname uh, earlier. You know, he's been showing up drunk. He's been, you know, I mean, parts of it are pretty cool. Parts have been obnoxious, but I guess he gets fired shortly after this. So, yeah, it was their last tag team match, at least in Ring of Honor. So, so it's another you know, story sabotage for, for whatever reason. It's going to be like Kenny King all over again. Yeah. Yeah, because last year they uh, they gave Kenny King and Red Titers the tag belts. Uh, but then a week later, Kenny King goes to Impact while they're still tag champs. And Rhett never recovers. Yeah, I mean, uh, longevity. Yeah. He's the big dog. Yeah. Um, with a great, great drop kick. But uh, one thing with the finish, though, I did like towards the end, though, where it was just Mark and Shelton in the ring. It's one of those times where you do get to see, you know, that that Mark is that good of a wrestler because it was basically those two for majority of the match. Uh, Jay was kind of in and out a little bit, but it was mostly Mark and Shelton, which I thought was cool. You know, I, I love Shelton. I, like he's so good in the ring. When he gets those moments where he, like he does like the springboard to the top and like busts out a suplex, like that's good shit. Yeah, he did that in this match. I was like, Jesus, he's so good. Yeah. Shelton was always one of my favorites when he was first in the WWE back in the day. And yeah, I remember uh, when he was going to come back and then he uh, failed his physical. But before he failed his physical, I think it was like 2016, like they did a uh, promo on TV for him and they had his old... uh, Entrance music, and I got so hyped for it. And then when he did come back and he didn't have the music, I was well, that was like the biggest bummer of a return that they like he needs his music back, is basically what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, the entrance scene really makes or breaks it. I agree. Yeah, and he got a late start because I mean, he's 37 here, you know, so it means he's 47 now, so doesn't look like it. Oh. Doesn't wrestle like it. No, not at all. Yeah, he, he looked really good, but you know, um, like we alluded to earlier, um, you know, Shelton and Marker battling, and then Charlie Haas just comes in and yeah, just busts out an Olympic slam on, on Shelton Benjamin and Mark Briscoe after some pondering for a while, it's a froggy bowl, and <clears throat> Rusty's greatest take team's done. So yeah, it doesn't really say why Shelton left Ring of Honor because I think I think maybe he was spending more time in Japan because he got suspended uh, last July in 2012 because uh, he's in the G1. So, yeah. So, that's uh, – yeah, and then Haas rips up the wrestling Grass Tate Team shirt and makes it official. And, you know, we know what he did, but no one knows why, and it sounds like we're never going to find out. So, Well, they'll, they'll build it up that there was a reason not to, and it's just going to be like, Hey, welcome to Supercard of Honor. Here's your opening contest, Mike Bennett. Well, yeah, randomly against Shelton Benjamin, which actually I'm kind of looking forward to. It's going to be a fun match. So. It's going to be a great match. Um, but, you know, Will, like uh, we always talk about this time, uh, but Diesel, we can actually ask you fresh. We always ask if this is your first episode of Ring of Honor TV, would you be hooked? 
I know you said it was fun, but did would they would, would they get you to tune in next week? I would definitely tune in next week to see how the story unfolds. I feel like with some of the things that you're telling me about, like the order of things, I might get annoyed uh, fairly quickly with that. And I might like tune me out of the product. But with it being a standalone episode, I would definitely tune in the next week. So you'd be checking it out on on the WB. You guys have the you guys have the WB out in Madison, obviously, right? Yeah, but ours was on uh, Fox, our Fox affiliate. Oh, that's right. That's what you guys said. So that's crazy. Yeah, we hit on the WB. So it's weird that in Madison, it's like kind of relatively big, but it was one o'clock in in the morning for you guys, though. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I, I don't the, have the ECW time slot. Yep. I you know we've talked about it ad nauseum, but I mean, how the fuck you're owned by a goddamn TV company and they don't even get their goddamn TV for deal? But whatever. Um, Will, what do you think of this episode? So with this, I mean, obviously we've been watching this for six or two weeks in a row, but uh, what have it hooked you to come back next week? I would have been interested in Kevin Steen. And again, like this, as somebody who grew up a WWE guy, like there was a lot of. People I would have seen in WWE, like I, I would have recognized Matt Hardy, Rhino, wrestling's greatest tag team. This episode was okay. Yeah, I don't think it's one of the better ones they've had lately. But it was, like, other than like the opening video package and Truth Martini's Inside Ring of Honor bit, like nothing was really like bad. It's just not as good as it has been. Yeah. We're definitely kind of on, on an upswing. So I was a little nervous when we first scheduled this that maybe it was going to be one of those recap shows because a lot of times after pay-per-view, they'll just recap stuff. So we didn't have to torture you with that one, Diesel. So that was good. So I mean, it have been fresh for me. Yeah. The, the, the pay-per-view time for this era of Ring of Honor are the worst. Because we watch every week. And then we cover the pay-per-views as they happen. But the problem is, is we'll watch the pay-per-view. And then like the next three weeks of TV is all just recap all the pay-per-view. of the pay-per-view. So you pretty much watch the whole pay-per-view again for like three quarters of the pay-per-view, but you wouldn't have paid for it. So we've talked about how, like, so like, how would you feel if you, you shilled out your, your hard-earned ducats as a young yeah. man just to see that they were going to give away most of the show for free after the fact. Yeah, a couple times they even put the main event on like two weeks they, later. They have done the main event. Yeah. In full. So it's like, wow. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's been fun. So yeah. And then, you, then you have your Road Rage episodes and. Yeah. But yeah, it was, it was definitely not fighting February, but it was okay. You know, it was a good time. Some, some different faces. Um, you know, there there were quote unquote squash matches that weren't squash matches. You know, the the jobbers looked good in all in both matches. You know, most TVs does have a little bit quality, better quality team, but I don't I enjoyed it. Yeah, the true stuff's getting on my nerves, but Matt Hardy's on my nerves, but I enjoyed. So well sweet. Well, um before we pull a train to station now, Diesel, obviously thank you for joining us. Uh, for being part of our uh, our Ring of Honor rivalry, 
But uh, where can the uh, where can the high fivers and uh, hear you and your high flyers out on uh, Visionaries Global Media? Yes, Tom, the pleasure is all yours. Thank you for having me. Um, well, right now we're in the works of doing something different, Chad and I. View from the Top Rope isn't dead, but View from the Top Rope is kind of going to be transitioned into a whenever we feel like talking about wrestling show and like wrestling only. So we have something in the works. Um, so we have a whole back catalog on Visionaries Global Media. If you want to catch up on some of our old episodes, there's well over 250 episodes of View from the Top Rope. I also have other uh, our other podcasts, View from the Top of the Goalposts, where there's only probably about like 13 or 14 episodes of those, so that's fairly new. That's that's based around football, and if uh, it's already obsolete because the season's over, it's obsolete a week after the episode comes out because we made picks and you can you can laugh at our like stupidity and like be like these guys don't know what they're talking about when it comes to football and you'd be right but yeah so you can find us on visionaries global media and any podcasting platform that supports us which is pretty much all of them so i don't know what else you want me to say tom whatever i mean follow me on twitter at uh diesel (laughs) underscore vftr yeah, and I will put that in the show notes. And obviously follow Visionaries. If you're not already, um, if you're listening to the show, or if it's like your first episode, um, but if you're not already following all the great shows on Visionaries Global Media, I don't know what the fuck to tell you um, at this point. You know, there's a lot of great content. Obviously, show it to Graham, uh, Matt and Graham, Good Cop, Bad Cop, our boys, uh, Brett and Beaumont, who we've hung out in person, Diesel. We've seen them in oh, yeah. person. You know, uh, Band from Ringside, Zach, Bill, JCB do a great job. Uh, Dungeons and Junkies, I don't listen quite often, but you should listen to that. But uh, lots of good shows. So, and you can listen to this podcast. So, uh, but Will, any final thoughts before I uh, I quit rambling here? I'll say, as I always do, thank you, Diesel, Visionary Global Media, for hosting the show. Tom, thanks for having me. And I'll plug it one last time. Until hopefully a hardcover comes out, do a powerbomb trade paperback is out in stores. I've been talking about it pretty much the entire lifetime of this podcast. Yeah. So buy a copy, tweet pictures of it, tell your friends. It appeals to people who don't even, you don't even have to like wrestling. Obviously, if you're listening to this, you might like wrestling at least a little bit. So. Yeah. If you like wrestling, give it a try. If you have friends that maybe don't like wrestling, give it to them and tell them to read it. Maybe it maybe it helps turn them around. Yeah, you can get it in your local book stores. Uh, you can get it off Amazon. Um, yeah, it's not. I mean, if I can find it, anybody can find it. So, um, but yeah, gentlemen, as always, thank you guys. I appreciate you. Uh, thank you to all the high flyers. Thanks you know, again, uh, Brundon, uh, for the question of dishonor. And I do apologize, SJ. I guess your your shout out did not make the episode, so shout out to SJ, uh, good friends of Eric and Brendan, and uh, keep all up all the great work on the DDP yoga. Uh, but Eric and uh, Brendan, uh, DHP, and everybody, thank you, everybody. And I'm gonna quit rambling, and I'll talk to everybody next week. <laughs>